the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. We're proud to be the only show on talk radio that is all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which is what we like to say, almost everything. Uh, My counterparts are here to answer any questions you might have, whether they're legal, whether they're financial, whether they're emotional, no matter what they are, we're here. And we'll answer them. We love when you call in, so make sure you call us at 866-970-9622. It's 866-970-9622. Real estate is a tangible, well, that's why people like it. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can actually see it. It's solid. It's beautiful. It's artistic. I love real estate. Do you know who said that? Jerry? No, I don't. I well, don't. Big, you're a big fan of this person. <laughs> I mean that sarcastically. Um, okay, I'm guessing it's someone who. Uh, is, yes. Uh, it's, you maybe? know, said that oh. President Donald Trump. <laughs> well, he does like real estate. Say it again. I'll say the quote again. I like it, actually. Real estate is tangible, mm-hmm. it's solid, it's beautiful, it's artistic. I just love real estate. All right. Right. That's we'll, a good we'll quote. A, that's a good quote. Good quote. And I feel the same way, so we agree. A new report by CoreLogic just showed that house prices were up in June 6.8% over the year compared to last June. And, you know, it's funny. It's kind of a mixed bag. We'll talk about it later because you talk to some people and they say it's slow and some people say it's busy. And uh, I guess that's the price range and how you've priced your property. My friend and co-host, prominent real estate attorney Jerry Feeney is with me today as always, and Jerry is here to guide you and answer any questions you might have about the legal side of real estate, mortgages, contracts. Well, that's well, he, he can help you with mortgages, but the one who really can help you with mortgages is Ace, and our, he's our brilliant finance mortgage guy. Ace Watatusaparp is what, with us today as always. Ace is Vice President of Citizens Bank, and if you have any questions about financing or if you need advice in getting mortgage or home equity loans, now is the time to call him at 866-970-9622. Good morning, You can ask him any questions. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, by the way, Ace, don't we think that, you know, you can't see Jerry, but if you could see him, you would know how good looking he really is. For those of you who are wondering why we're doing this, because 
Because the last several weeks, we spent the first 20 minutes of the show talking about how good-looking Ace was. That I made a little comment, and now it's coming back to haunt me. <laughs> That's what happens. Uh-huh. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Speaking of which, Ace, there's a study that said only one-third of all millennial renters believe they can't afford a down payment to buy a home. Are they wrong? Because... You'd be surprised how many people can really afford a house. Citizens is an expert in helping young people solve down payment problems to buy homes. And that's why Citizens has their own down payment assistance program. Hmm. You'd be surprised at how little down you might qualify for. So you should call Ace because you can discuss down payment options. And in many cases, it's probably the same price as renting, at least, and you own something. You know, when your payments are all done, or refinancing your student loans if that's what's holding you up. Citizens has a bank loan, home loan advisor. You can go call Ace, but he'll get you in touch with anybody um, that's expert in the type of financing you need, and they do everything, not only not only uh, mortgages. And you can reach Ace eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two, or you can email. At radio show at element.com or follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Dottie Herman. Okay? Wow. And by the way, oh, I'm in pain in doing this. I don't know how I'm even speaking. Uh, <laughs> no, I really don't. I don't. I also am going to talk a little. I read an article and I, you know, I'm doing, as you know, a lot of construction on my house. I'm still not in the house yet. I, uh, Hopefully, maybe when this summer is over, I'll get in. Uh, but I've been paying by check, and I realized how stupid that was because I could probably get all those points, you know, on credit cards if you put things mm-hmm. on credit cards, which it's two years later, so I missed most of uh, the money. I would have been out, I could have traveled the world. Um, so I am going to talk a little with Ace and myself about can you buy a house on a credit card? And if you can, should you, or when should you? And we also have a special guest we had last year, um, and we're pleased to have Dr. Fujen. Now, wait, this is harder than your name is. Dr. Fujen Nis Arubu Lu. Well, by by the time I, I, she's, well, (laughs) that's a tough one. She's the director of the Biobehavioral Institute in Great Neck, and she wrote two important books about hoarding. Overcoming Compulsive Hoarding and Why You Save and How You Can Stop and Children of Hoarders. And many times, you know, children of hoarders uh, call her to help their parents, not only in the way they live, but sometimes if they're selling the house. It's hard to get rid of, you know, we always tell you, you got to stage your house and get rid of all the stuff. So they always, they call her also when people are selling houses. And sometimes someone's a borderline hoarder. So we'll talk to her because there's a test that you can take to see if you're a hoarder. You know, you might be on the beginning cusp or, you know, you might be if you've ever seen that show. Did anyone ever see that show, Hoarders? Wow, I can't watch it. It gives me a headache. I just can't. Well, it's horrible to watch. I, yeah. I just, it just, I just, it's like, I, it's hard to believe. Oh. And that's the other extreme, okay? But there's, there's a whole place in the middle, so not everyone. I mean, that's pretty bad. But this doctor is the director of biobehavioral, okay? 
And um, you're not going to want to miss her because I'm sure we all know some marginal hoarders. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor will be on at 11 a.m., so please stay tuned. And if you have any questions about hoarding, remember, we're at 866-970-9622, and you can just call her doc if you can't say her name. Okay? <laughs> it's easier. I always tell you what happens on this day. So on this day, August 11th in 1874, Henry Parmalee, a piano maker from New Haven, invented the automatic fire sprinkler system to protect his piano factory. Hmm. Well, see, now that's thinking out of the box. If you are a piano maker, to come up with a fire sprinkler system is a stretch, but you see... If you're creative and you think, there's nothing you can't do. And on this day, the famous Babe Ruth became the first professional baseball player to hit 500 homes, home runs. Now, Ace, that's a lot, isn't it? That's that's big baby Ruth. Well, what's that's an average? I mean, like, what's an average? An average amount of home runs. Like, I mean, for someone decent, but not great. I mean, like 200. Well, this was 500 in his career. Right, oh. but that's been that's been Broke. beaten now. That's, right, but still, how many people amazing. beat it? Not, Considering not people only hit around thirty home runs a year, that's amazing. Yeah. So. Yes, and he's known. Is phenomenal. And his name is kind of history. So, if today is your hundredth birthday, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to Stephen. Oh. <laughs> Like Sandy Paulson of Squaw Valley, you've been alive for 876,504 hours and slept for 12,174 days or 33 years. <laughs> I've never looked at it that encouraging, way. Encouraging, yeah. Um, that's a lot of years to be alive, 100 yeah. years. Yeah. You share a birthday with Sherry Falwell, social conservative and co-founder of the Moral Majority. Who's dead? Happy birthday, Jerry. Well, yeah. Is he? Mm-hmm. I know who he is, I think. Yeah, I do. I have a couple of uh, questions, but I don't want to do the questions yet. I I really want to give you a few things on real estate because Forbes had an article about, you know, you're reading conflicting things depending on which you, article you read, but Forbes had an article that affordability deteriorated more than 13% between January and May. And that means basically that the cost of acquiring a house and people able to afford it went down. It went up. In just a few months, the real estate environment has gone from bidding wars to just a bunch of buyers trying to buy. And um, the summer is usually a little bit slower, uh, but they're coming out. And it's a matter of really knowing your inventory, knowing prices, doing your homework. What do they say? An educated consumer is the best person to work with because you know, and obviously your broker knows, so together you'll make a good team and you won't have to ever wonder because you know the market and you know when something's a good deal. Construction activity has slowed and home prices have begun to slip. Now, depending on where you are, I know you hear that the city's off, uh, New York City's off. Well, that's because their prices went up so quickly and so fast and so high that when they slip, they're just just adjusting to what they should be. Wouldn't you agree with that, Jerry? I mean, uh, yep, you deal yep. with a lot of high-priced uh, contracts. Yeah. 
I think there was a lot. There was a little over enthusiasm in the market, and 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 things are you know settling down a little bit now, which some people confuse for. Now, just to show you, and I love Forbes. I think it's one of my favorite publications. But just to show you how people phrase things, and everything has to be put into context, okay? They say, how surprising, how surprising it is that how quickly the landscape has changed. So if you really didn't know, you would think, oh, gee, we're in a bad market now. And we're not in a bad market. Actually, if you're buying, you're in a better market than you were a year ago. And it's just adjusting because the, the, the prices in some areas, not all, some areas, New York City, one of them, went up uh, so high, so quick, that it's just kind of getting a, a reboot, an adjustment, uh, but they're still selling and it's, and it's a good time to buy. Right into spring this year, the housing picture has remained upbeat, so they're indicating that they're assuming that it's not now. Uh, but buying activity has picked up, rising almost 20% from mid-2017. So when you read all this stuff, if you don't really read the whole thing, which many of us don't, we just kind of skim through it, you have to really read the whole thing to get what they're saying. Because you read it right away in the beginning, you're going to think that real estate's doomed, and it's doing very well. According to the National Association of Realtors, which is the NAR, and they cover the United States of America, so this is not the tri-state, the median price of a home edged up about 7% from 2016 to the opening months this year. Mortgage rates were on the rise, of course, but very little, right? I mean, Ace, I mean, they're not, they're not so no, high. They're not, that people, they're not so bad at all, Dottie. You know, yeah, the so average still, rate on a, a typical mortgage was about 25 basis points for mid-2017, yep. about. Affordability, the cost of supporting a mortgage on the average home relative to income deteriorated, but only slightly, with the NAR affordability index falling about 2.5. So theirs fell less than somebody else's. So everybody has their own way of doing numbers. In May, the most recent month for which data is available, medium home prices have risen at more than 5% from their levels of May 2017. No small matter for a home buyer. A loan that moved, and that's what they're saying affected affordability. And they say the mortgage, the mortgages really haven't gone up too much. I mean, every little bit counts, but they really been pretty good. I mean, especially if you've been in the business as long as me and you've seen 11, 15. I mean, I think I got an 11% mortgage, which was an adjustable. I thought it was a bargain. <laughs> okay. So, saying that, the housing crash. Now, this is, we had the crash in, what, 2007, 2000, mm -hmm. around 2006, and it, 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 there's a story that I read that says that the housing crash hurt the poor and middle class more than the rich who rode the bull stock market. I don't know if that's what the reason, I, I, I kind of think the reason is if you had, you don't have to be rich, but if you had enough money, you could hold on to your home. And if you go back to when we had the housing crisis, the people that got hurt were the people who bought at the height of the market, which probably was like 2005, 2006, and then couldn't hold on and had to sell. And then, of course, there was another group of people that were affected that bought homes years ago, made tons of money, and took too much equity out of their home. Now, you should take 
equity, you know, it's a good thing to take equity and use it for something, but not like 80% of it. And that you're now 55 years old and you have a complete, like, full mortgage all over again. So, but anybody who was able to not, didn't have to sell or didn't want to sell uh, and just held on to their property was fine. I mean, so it's not, you know, I mean, it was really just people. Now, obviously, if you lost your job, that's another circumstances and that happened. But they're trying to say that a home, that, that, that the wealthy lost less money and it's just that they held their home. And if you were a middle-of-the-road person and you hung on to your home or you didn't want to sell it, you didn't lose money either. Matter of fact, you made it now. A person living in July of 2006, looking back on the past half century, could feel reasonably comfortable that most Americans were still living the dream of steadily rising wealth. Eight years later, the middle and lower income Americans tend to hold much of their wealth in houses. Um, and that's true. I mean, I think um, even most of the self-made millionaires, a lot of them made it in real estate, while the upper class tends to own a lot of stocks. I say stick with real estate. It's safe. You understand it. And as long as you know you're in it for the long term, it's not something you can just flip this house like the shows where they just flip it. Um, I think it's one of the best investments you can get, and plus you can use it. Families in both bottom 50% and middle 40% tend to have most of their money in houses, usually their own. It's like the American dream, and Ace, I think it's been the American dream for every generation that I know of, and we're dealing with how many generations? We're still dealing with the World War II generation. We're dealing with the baby boomers. What's after the baby boomers? Generation X. Generation, Generation X. Millennials. millennials. And now there's a new one. Do you know the name of that? They're after millennials. Well, they've named Generation Y? I, no, I can't. I'll have to come up with it by next week. Okay, but I read it. There's a new name for them, and they're a big generation also, and they're maybe 17 now or something like that, but they're, they're going to be buyers also for homes. Um. Do you think climate change has hit the housing market? You mean affecting it negatively? I don't, I don't know how it would. Well, I don't either, but then, of course, I read an article, and I read a lot of stuff, and it says uh, that people are concerned in areas facing the lowest risk of flooding, hurricanes, and wildfires. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't speak for California because I just... I don't live there. I happen to have been there during one of their fires, and it was pretty scary. Uh, however, I can speak for people who live near the water. And when we had all our hurricanes and things, and everyone would, all the reporters were like, nobody will buy, nobody's going to buy anything. Well, I'm on Long Island. If you don't, and, and the city's by the water, if you don't want to be near the water, then you have to move to the Midwest. And I think people who love water love water. And, um, I don't really think that that affects waterfront property because there's only so much waterfront property. And that's just my opinion. I haven't done a, a study or a poll calling people, but I just think that there's only so much waterfront and people who like water like water. So I, I think that that's really not true. I think even in Florida, I mean, do you think people are going to move out because of the water? No, no. I know. Now, let me take a question, and uh, 
that I'm going to continue. But I have Michael. We're going to take a break. But Michael from New York City, and you have a quick question. So if you hold on the line, 866-970-9622. We'll be right back after this commercial break. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8.30, right after Morano in the Morning on AM 970. The Answer. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis. You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. Joe Piscopo here asking, are you tired of dealing with dummies? Well, experience the smart way to buy a car at Route 22 Toyota with no hidden fees, no back and forth, no pressure, and no wasting time dealing with dummies. Alex Kinsella, the general manager, prides himself on his low lease offers and 0% APR financing for up to 72 months for qualified buyers. And now my buddy Alex wants you to experience their new smart way to service. Listen to my show every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. because you'll never know when Route 22 Toyota will be giving me the go-ahead to give away free things like a multi-point inspection and oil change with filter to the first five callers. Call 855-621-9949 and say, Joe sent me. Experience how one caring family in the car business is out to change the entire car business by offering you the smarter way to buy a car and more. 855-621-9949. Route 22 Toyota. Route 22 West, Hillside, New Jersey. Or at Route22Toyota.com. All European makes excluded. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? 200 300 or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to read your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our best seller, the Plug-In Pest-Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. 
For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code RADIO20. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. You're back. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here with Jerry Feeney and Ace Water And we have a question from Michael from New York City. Good morning on this rainy, rainy Saturday. I hope it's not flooding there. It's flooding here, I think. <laughs> Good morning. Thank Good you. Good morning. What so, is your yes, question? I had, sure. I had called in and we spoke about three months ago on the show, and I was asking about my two-bedroom, two-bath, Battery Park City condominium, one of the ones that went up in the late 80s that I'm getting ready to put on the market. It's about 1,050 square feet. And at the time I called, I had had a $100,000 proposal to do the entire apartment, renovate the bed, uh, the bathrooms, both and the kitchen. And we spoke on the phone and I decided subsequently to downgrade the renovation to the removing the popcorn ceiling, skim coating the walls, removing and replacing all the floors. And that brought it down to about a $42,000 renovation. I guess now my problem is the kitchen is a tiny late 80s white cabinet with light wood trim kitchen. Uh, the floor is going to be beautiful. It's just like gray slate tile. I'm trying to decide stainless versus white appliances. And I'm thinking to myself, do I do I replace the countertop? Or is replacing the countertop, which is now just a standard late 80s white countertop, is that going to make the rest of the kitchen look dreadful? I, I, I feel like I'm going a little too far and I'm fighting with myself versus, you know, leave it at the beautiful new floor and the new appliances versus starting to fool Through around the with the counters. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm just I, my struggle is that. I've heard varying things on whether it's really going to make a difference in the end. Uh, you know, the, I really don't want to spend the money, but if I feel like replacing the, the counters and the cabinet will, I'll be able to. Well, obviously, if you feel like that replacing the countertops is going to get you more money, then it's worth it. Well, first, what you have to do is a little homework. You have to yeah. see what's on the market that's your competition. And if I were you, I'd go see them. I, you know, I'd, I'd take a, you know, a, a Sunday or something, I'd go to a couple of open houses or I'd call a broker and I would just say, you know, what can you show me in this area? And I'd see what they're going for and how they stack up to yours. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know off the top of my head. I don't think a countertop is that expensive, especially if you have a tiny kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Like you know, if you look at the cost of it, and again, I don't know the exact cost, but my guess sure. is it's not a lot. So if it's a few dollars, I don't think it could hurt. Sometimes they say that if you replace just one part of a kitchen, it makes it worse. And also, <laughs> statistics show that you only get back sixty percent of your investment 
and putting in a new kitchen. So that's well, may not be true. Well, listen, here's the thing. Somebody's going to look at your apartment. They're either going to be able to live with that kitchen or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the countertops are in decent shape yeah. and they're not stained or anything like that or all cut up, I don't know if that's going to make a big difference. Uh, I don't think that new countertops are going to make, uh, just my opinion, I didn't see your, your kitchen. I don't think right. that that's going to make the rest of it look horrible. I, I think... Um, I think that the rest of the house is in good shape, right? You have nice floors. You painted it. You got rid of the popcorn ceilings. Yeah, it, it looks it looks spectacular, and and uh, it, it, it's like the like the bones are terrific with the the floor, the ceiling, and the walls. So you're saying the kitchen is the only part that you didn't- kitchen to me. For me, and that's it's hard to get out of your own head. I'm not the one buying it, but I walk into the kitchen and I say, "Oh my goodness, this looks like you know a kitchen stopped in time in the '80s." But everything's pristine. Well, what's clean. the cost? What's the cost? You know, again, you'd have to give me prices, and I'd have to oh, see sure. what's on the market because, you know, right. if you go below the market or if you're not at the height of the market. Now, if you're at the height of the market, maybe somebody who doesn't want to do any work would come in and, and just say, this is great, but I'd have to see what your competition is. And if you're a little bit lower, there'll always be someone who says, you know what, the kitchen's not horrible and we can live with that, or you could take a little adjustment. Uh, I just don't know the cost. I mean, the counters, I don't think, I mean, I don't know what your, right, right. it's an opinion. I don't think the countertops are going to make your kitchen any worse or any better. And if I were going to redo a kitchen, if I looked in and I said, I can't, I can't live with that kitchen, then I'd have to figure out the cost of renovating that kitchen. And so I would do this. First of all, I would get mm-hmm. an estimate of how much it costs to renovate the kitchen. If it's small, it's probably not a lot of money. And then I would see a few things, and I would keep that price. I mean, a lot of times... Buyers really don't know the cost of things, and they might think it's a lot more than it really is. And again, I don't. Your your countertops are they in decent shape? Or are they just old? Yeah, they're they're in perfect shape. There are no nicks or cuts or anything, and it's still white, white, white. It just it just reads like a, you know. It reminds me of looking at apartments in the eighties, and it had the uh, the fifties uh, tile. Is that because of the so cabinets, looks, or is that because of the? I think uh, I think the refrigerator and cabinets. all the appliances. Well, I think those white cabinets with that natural wood light color trim were in every rental and condo in the late 80s that was new. And it just, uh, you know, reads late 1980s. Well, you can, I mean, again, you don't have a big yeah. kitchen. I, I, and no. I, it's hard to give you advice without knowing the comparables, but you sure. can always do the front. I mean, I don't, you can, you don't have a lot of cabinets yeah. either. I, I mean, that's a whole job. It's not probably going to be a lot of money because you can replace just the, the, the doors of the cabinets and the countertops, but then you still have old appliances, I'm going to guess. Well, I'm getting new appliances. I can't decide. Another thing I can't decide is white versus stainless. I'm happy to get stainless. The, the broker I'm probably working with said I absolutely must get stainless, but I think stainless makes the kitchen look old, too, because everything else is white. Yeah, well, I did, I did, I just, I'm doing, as you know, I've been saying it for two years, I'm redoing my home, (laughs) and um, I did white. Now, I like stainless, but I wanted my kitchen to be kind of invisible, because everything is open. 
Mm-hmm. So I wanted it to be invisible. A lot of people like stainless steel, though. Uh, so if you have the gray. But, again, if you're going to do appliances and you have an old kitchen, I don't know if that... I don't know if that makes sense. I, I just think that you should get a total amount that the kitchen's going to cost if you did the whole thing, if you just replaced those doors and you did countertops, and then go with your broker and see your competition. If it were me, uh, if, you have a, if you have a great apartment that looks great and somebody doesn't have to do anything and it's not at the top, top, top of the market. No, no, it won't be then maybe it's worth it. If you get me a number, I'll be able to tell you. If you give me an idea, I just can't do it off the top of my head because it all depends on what your competition is, whether you're going to get that money back. Kitchens usually do. People look at them, but you're talking about a very small kitchen. So I would... um, can you do anything with the cabinets? Can you? Because it's really probably not the countertop. Right. The yeah. I, I, the, the contractor is afraid that if he starts taking the doors off or something, I mean, this could just be the contractor talking. He's afraid of because of the material that you know things will get damaged and break and all this stuff. And my my pricing strategy with this condominium has been uh, to come in uh, lower significantly because most of the two bedroom two baths in batter park city that are on the market right now are new construction that have tons of amenities they're much bigger they have the washer dryers in the unit and my uh strategy has been to price this apartment at approximately uh 1.05 to 1.1 to appeal to people who want to get into battery park city but can't do the 1.4 or 1.5 that the construction yes I agree with you. If you're competing okay. with new construction that has other amenities, you're not going to compete with that. So you're better off making your property cheaper so that yeah. somebody who wants to be in that area, it's a great area, who doesn't have quite that much money and is certainly wait, can do the kitchen down the road, I think you have to beat them price-wise because you're not going to compete yeah. with new construction. No. So you don't want to price um, it. You don't want to end up putting all that money in, and then you're at the same price. And that and the new construction probably the buildings have more amenities. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons I've been so hesitant to spend this kind of money on the renovation and just to give like a really good skin, because uh, it you're, it's not going to get the ROI compared to what's out there on the market. I would do. I think your strategy is correct. I mean, there's no science to it, but there's. I would mm-hmm. do the same thing. And listen, you could always throw in appliances or you know some credit to do something if that's the deal maker. But I think that you're better off being under the new con- under the new construction, being priced under that. There's going to be somebody that wants that area that can't afford that, and it doesn't doesn't see that as a deterrent. That's my advice. Yeah. I- I, I would rather sell it faster and for less money than longer and for more, if that makes sense. I agree. Sense. <laughs> I think your, your strategy is on the money. Michael, please keep us posted. Let, let us know how I you will. make out. Please. All Thank right. Have a much. great weekend. Thanks. I have Guan on the phone, and you're just going to have to wait a moment because I think that we have another commercial break. It's 866-970-9622. Right back. 
Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2 liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the brotherhood of muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule. I just wanted to keep you up to date on how things are progressing. So I'm getting Balance of Nature every month, maybe sometimes twice a month for my friend who had uh, MRI done, CAT scan, uh, last week. A very good friend of ours who's a teaching nurse, okay, told me two years ago, she's going to be gone within six months. I'm so happy that for balance of nature (laughs) because anything else was just not doing it for her. When you call, use discount code THEANSWER and we'll take 35% off your first preferred set of fruits and veggies and have them shipped to you free. Call 800-246-8751. That's 1-800-246-8751 or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code the answer. Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. If you're not getting a great night's sleep, there's a good chance it's because of your pillow. I have great news. Mike Lindell, the founder and creator of My Pillow, is back with his most popular offer ever. Buy one premium My Pillow and get the second premium My Pillow free. Sleeping on a My Pillow is fantastic. It never goes flat. It stays cool throughout the night, and you can adjust My Pillow's patented fill to fit your exact need to help you get to sleep faster and to stay there longer. My Pillow is backed with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. You can even put it in the washer and dryer. Now you can buy one premium My Pillow, get another premium My Pillow absolutely free. 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM. 970. Go to MyPillow.com. Please be sure to use the promo code AM970. That number again is 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. Your table, ladies. Thank you so much. So, Vicky, how have you been? Great. It's been so long. Last time we saw each other was what? Your daughter's wedding on that yacht? What was it? The Atlantis? Yes, the Atlantis. It was perfect for the wedding with its three decks, bridal suite, immaculate restrooms, dance floor, and state-of-the-art sound system. The food and service was great, and I hear they bake those delicious rolls right on board. They do. You know, I've been trying to decide what to do for my daughter's Sweet 16 and some corporate events. You should absolutely book the Atlantis. They do more than just weddings. Sunset cocktail parties, bar and bat mitzvahs, luncheons, and guests are able to board from several locations. Francesca was so easy to work with. Call her at 212-385-9400 or email her at events at franstouchofclass.com. Charter the Atlantis for your event today. Call Francesca at 212-385-9400 or visit franstouchofclass.com. For a limited time, mention AM970 for a free menu upgrade on the Atlantis. Protecting data across modern decentralized networks presents challenges that traditional backup solutions can't handle. At best, you'll waste time and money managing multiple solutions. At worst, gaps in coverage will leave your data vulnerable. Barracuda Backup is a single cloud-integrated solution that simplifies the backup process and allows data replication to anywhere on your network, a private cloud, Barracuda's cloud, or to the AWS public cloud. Reclaim your data. Try Barracuda Backup free at barracuda.com backup. 
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're back with I on Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here with Ace and Jerry and the gang, and we're answering your questions. We have a great show at 11 o'clock. We'll have a doctor, and I'm not going to say her name uh, because it's too long, but she works with hoarders and hoarders' children, and she certainly helps people who are marginal hoarders and want to sell their home, um, works with them so they can help get rid of things. You're not going to want to miss her. She's on after 11, but I have a question from Juan right now. Hi, Juan. Do I have you or did I lose you? Hello. Hi. How are you? Good morning or good afternoon. Close, yes. How are you? Uh, fine. Uh, I'm calling in reference to a foreclosed property that uh-huh. is vacant. Uh, the realtor says a property cannot be shown inside the private home. Uh, there are pictures available which look a little questionable. Let's say it looks like maybe somebody has uh, done some damage to the house, maybe uh, homeless people or whatever. <coughs> but my, my root of my question is, does a bank get any assistance? Whether do they have insurance or they get a tax deduction when they lose property? Say if they've been involved with a mortgage with someone for ten years, for example, right. and damage occurs to that property, and the bank is then stuck with it after a period of ten years, and now they won't let people. I'm concerned about mold. Say, for example, that would be a very negative thing to find. If you if you gamble and you put a bid in and you and your bid is accepted. And you buy, and you buy the, the foreclosed property, and you find you have extensive mold. That could be very detrimental. Absolutely. Now, if the bank will not show the property, that seems unfair to the buyer to me. But I don't want to be unfair to the bank either. Does the bank have any assistance when they know they've gotten, say, a, a negative property from someone? Well, I can tell you what I do know, and I do know that I've seen. Um, is is it going to a foreclosure sale? So this property is going to be like where you bid on it. Is is the property going to a foreclosure uh, sale? You no, know, it is. Well, I, I understand it, it is in foreclosure already. The realtor just said just submit a bid to her right now. That's what I would do. Okay. I, I can look at the house in the outside, well, the freestanding house, and she said then you just submit a bid to her office. That's it. And wait. no, well, let me explain the difference. It's in foreclosure, and at this point, if your broker is telling you to deal with the bank then it probably didn't have, you know, they have a date on the foreclosure where it goes to the steps where people can come and just bid on the house. And if it didn't reach that place yet, because then bidders go, and truthfully, a lot of times you cannot see the inside of the house, and it's not necessarily because there's something bad in it. It's just that they don't let you, and you're gambling. And I would say that, you know, a lot of these people, there's people that do this for a living, buy for, for they just buy foreclosures and they bid on them. So it would depend on the price. Uh, but if you're not at that stage yet, and she well, said, the realtor put in a said bid, to submit a bid, the realtor said to submit a bid to her office, not to the bank. But well, she's dealing, okay, so she's dealing with the bank, but it's, yes. there's usually a date where if they don't sell it, they go to the steps and anybody can bid on it. So you're not in that, they're not there yet. So okay. does your does your broker have any um, dealings with this bank? Do you know what bank it is? 
Uh, she didn't say what bank. She didn't say anything. She just said the only, th- the only thing I could do is look at the exterior of the property. You're welcome to go to the property and look at the outside of the dwelling. But, and, and then just submit a, a, a bid to her office, and then we'd have to wait. That's all she said. The reason why well, banks often do this is because the property is probably still occupied. And I know it's vacant. You're not, no, it's, you're, yes, I understand what you say. No, this definitely is vacant. No question there. Wait a minute. It's definitely vacant. How do you know it's vacant? Because the realtor said it is. Okay. Well, then, then my next question is: Then why can't I see the inside if it's vacant? Usually, the reason well, why. Well, uh, that's why I'm calling. No, sometimes that, that they don't. Kind of unfair. But the well, realtor, if I may see, the realtor did say that does happen. It's no, not, it's it's not happen. new to her. Okay. Yeah. It well, does the, happen. First, you should go to the property. Let Jerry talk. But you should go to the property yourself. First of all, then knock on doors of neighbors who will know. Yes, that's it. Yes, that's exactly what came. I was thinking if you got a nice neighbor or somebody who's willing to talk to you. And you say, listen, I'm looking to purchase <laughs> this property and improve it and all of this stuff. What What do you know? And a lot of them, who knows? Maybe there was a friendly neighbor who was in the house. Exactly. Uh, but also, the broker has to know what bank it is, okay, that you're dealing with. And yeah. if you could get it out of her, sometimes you could end up calling the bank. And not that you uh, hurt her commission, but you can find out a little bit more information. I mean, you know. Okay. I'm, I'm, sure. Okay. Good idea. What do you think, uh, Jerry? You deal with this well, a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, look, there's really only two reasons why the bank wouldn't give access. One is because it's occupied, and the second is because there's a dangerous condition inside. You know, I would start with asking the broker, why is the bank not providing access? They, they should articulate why. They don't um, know. No, that, that's why she won't. Well, but, like, as, as Dottie said, maybe if you can work your way into the bank and maybe get additional the, information, but they're not saying did you why. Did you ask the broker the, the question that I just said? Did you ask them why they yes, won't provide yes, access? Yes, I asked and, her extensively. And what did she say? Anyone else in your office, you can go into the house to get ideas and pictures of the house. But still, you could have structural damage where right beams mm-hmm. could be rotted or termites where things could fall on people. It doesn't show that, but it could. I know, but what what did she say the reason was when you asked she her the question? She, I'm sure she, she doesn't know. I'm sure she doesn't know. She's pleasant, but she chooses that, to tell That me. doesn't make sense to me. I've, ne- I've never no, seen No, but I've it. seen that, Jerry. I've really seen that I, where banks don't I have, let you in. I have, too, but there's usually to, a reason. And then, and then you, not, they just don't let you in, and then you bid on it. She actually, she was all right to deal, but when I asked too many questions like that, she got a little annoyed at me saying, I did not see it. No one from my office has seen the house inside. I tried asking because I know a little bit about houses. I've owned some homes in my life. And I thought I could maybe get a little bit of insight about it. And no, that's the problem. Another thing, you well, know, so, how, how long has it been foreclosed? How long has it been sitting? What if it's had no heat on all winter? That's Again, I'm concerned about moisture. That's my biggest concern. Termites, no, 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 that's a bit of a gamble. But moisture, I think, would be a, maybe a worse headache for someone to have to deal with. If you had to repair things in houses, you had to deal with termites or moisture. I think I'd rather deal with termites, for example. Well, it uh, depends how much so, they eat of the house. Yes, Could I say this? Let me, let me say this. I think, first of all, the broker shouldn't be annoyed with all your questions. And if you say to her, look, I'll sign something. I'm going to pay your commission. I just think she has to know who the bank is, okay? Because she's got to submit your offer to the bank. Right. Well, I didn't, I so didn't if you don't that. trust me, do me a favor. You know, it always is an extra step, but it cannot hurt for her to do some investigation and call some people at the bank. 
And if, um, and if, you know, because I don't know why she wouldn't tell you unless she thought you were going to go around her and go directly to the bank, which is possible that she thinks that. So that's maybe why she's not telling you. But I would definitely go to the house. Um, I would knock on doors of neighbors. I would try to look in windows, and you never know. Uh, and I would try to see what you know what what you could find out there. And well, um, I'll tell you what else. <laughs> well, I don't know, Jerry. Even though the bank took it over, would you be able to find the last owner if you looked up the address? Yeah, it'll show who the owner Can was who got foreclosed. Of, I, I guess, you know. <laughs> is it public knowledge to see how long something's been vacant or been? In, well, you don't know how it could be vacant. person could have abandoned the house uh, two years ago, and maybe it's just been in foreclosure for six I months. I don't know right? if you'll find out how long it's been vacant, yeah. but what you could find out is the owner, and it might tell you who owns the property now. It might even tell you the bank. I don't know uh, how long it's at been. public knowledge, pu- public record of the uh yeah. The, uh, right. Yeah. Now the broker should have access to that. I mean, we have those systems, you know, where you can. I mean, it's mm-hmm. public knowledge. It's not a secret. It's just a pain in the neck to get. But you could find mm-hmm. out who owned it. You could also, and maybe it will tell you the bank that owned it, that owns it now. And I don't know when. By the time they file things, I don't know how quickly mm-hmm. it was filed or how long the bank has had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would do some homework. And then, you know, I wouldn't make a high bid on a property that I have no idea. I mean, so then if you said to yourself, right. well, what, well, what's I'd the... Well, I'd say right, right now they're looking at the price. I know the area. They're asking maybe it's, maybe it's fifty, eighty thousand below the market value, supposedly what you see and what they're putting in the ad, et cetera, and so on. The details seems like it'd be... But that might not, again... Depending if you had extensive whatever, whether it be mold or termite or maybe nothing, you know, it could uh, eighty thousand would be nothing. Maybe you have to if you had extensive. But that's the gamble you you're taking when you're you know that's the gamble. Yes, but it doesn't seem fair. Right, I know I'm not arguing that foreclosure isn't the gamble. Well, let me put it this way: if it's eighty thousand below market and no one's bought it yet, or no one's made a bid that the bank accepted. Then obviously, people are leery, and the banks are tough to deal with sometimes. Because don't forget, when you own a house and you're trying to sell it, it's your money that's being tied up if you don't sell it. The banks, it's their inventory. They're just workers there, and they don't really care if it sells or not. I find the banks are not so easy to deal with, but you might be able to make. Make a stupid offer. Make a lowball offer. If they accept it, you don't. Even, you can change your mind, and just for curiosity, they can say, "Well, then, what would you take?" Uh, but I would do homework. I mean, and you can always make a stupid offer. Like if you if you think it's eighty thousand dollars less, you'd have to have the broker do some work and give you comparable properties. I wouldn't just take the word of a broker. I don't mean that I don't trust no, her. I did that on my own. I, 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 I again, knowing you, I did my own homework as far as what's comparable around that general area, in a certain radius around that neighborhood and that area. So I, I have, I feel I have a, a feel for what something might be worth of that size, of that square footage, let's say. How is uh, the so area itself? Not... How is the area itself? Like, what are the houses um, there? Are they in good condition? This is a small house. This is a small house in the neighborhood. When you go around the area, the houses are nice. Typical Long Island, but it, they're, they're nice. 
not like it's a, a dilapidated area or a commercial area. There's nothing. If you went from block to block around this house, you're not going to pull up anything negative. If anything is positive, in that sense of the area, you're not going to find a go to the house. Form. I'm go sorry? to the house and do and, and oh, go yeah. to the house. You'll get the they'll know who the owner is. I'm sure it's Long Island. Most neighbors are friendly enough. Okay, most yes. neighbors, and and you know what? It's to their advantage, especially if you live on that street, that someone comes and takes the house and takes care of it, and makes right. it better because it's not helping their values having a house that's just sitting there. Right. Especially if if the people looking at the photographs, in fact, friends of mine, so they basically that looks a little odd. It looks like maybe someone's been living in that house, homeless person. But what you see, they show the rooms, and what's in the rooms looks a little negative. So, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so Why don't you go there and call us back and tell us what you find <laughs> and ask some neighbors. Okay. All right. Very great advice. Okay. okay. Thank you so much, guys. You're welcome. Have a good weekend. Bye. Hey, listen, you know, I, you know, Jerry, I have seen that on Long Island. I, I can't say that about the city, but I've seen that on Long Island where they don't let you in the house. I mean, I was. I, I can would, tell you. Yeah. Ace, go ahead. Sorry. You've been trying to get. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so I've been, and actually I just wanted to talk to the uh, caller, but I've been a part of three foreclosures uh, where we purchased and then we sold. Um, so basically they have two, I guess, two different options, right? One is you buy it as is, and the second option, which is probably similar to his case here, where they won't allow you to go into the property. So really what we do is from the pictures, we just assess the land values. And as long as we know that if we did a total gut renovation, yeah, that's let's say we have to put in 150K and, and after the comps in the neighborhood. So that's a great question, Dottie. You know, what, are, what are the neighboring values around the neighborhood? And if you still have around, I guess, I guess right around a 60% value, then it's a great buy. Because most banks are going to really, really be motivated to move that inventory if they're not letting you into the property. Because... Nine out of ten times, they'll disclose that it may be in unhabitable, um, I guess. But um, that's a great point, Jace. Because if you yeah. if you say it's a total so. tear down, it's not. It's you can't live in it, and I'm going to exactly. have to build another house. How much would that cost? And then now I have yeah. a brand new house in an area. What's the area going for? What the house is next door? Correct. And, and Correct. look at so it that so way. That's a great for for the for the land value, right? So if the land value is is worth two hundred fifty thousand then maybe that's your offer. So, so that would be my advice. That's great. That's great advice. I really think we're coming up with the 11 o'clock news, and we're going to have Dr. Fujin Nezarugalu, who's the director of Buyer Behavioral Institute, basically at Hoarders. She will talk to you, and she's wrote some books on compulsive hoarding and children of hoarders. And she'll be here to answer all your questions. You don't want to miss this. 866-970-9622. We'll be right back after the 11 o'clock news. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.